Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Final seconds right here in the first half. Coffee on the wing. Gotta get the last possible shot here. Coffee again. He's having himself a first half here. He's got 13. Murphy. Battling back spasms has it now. Oh, he's not going to do it again. Yeah. It's a three. Oh, he did it again indeed. Yes, he is. That's his eighth main three. This is the guy that was shooting 23% and he's already made two today. Made six all year, made two today. That's it. The Gophers survive and advance. Highlights courtesy of CBS. It is Mackie and Judd with Rami. I'm Rami. There's Phil Mackie singing across from me in our TCL broadcast studios. Judd Zolgad, live from ESPN Des Moines. Judd. Where he was today on site, on location, in person to watch the Minnesota Golden Gophers knock off the Louisville Cardinals 86-76 to in round one of the NCAA tournament. And we have... I mean, we're wall to wall mostly with this Gophers win over Louisville. Only the only the second official NCAA tournament win, if you take away the stuff from the '90s since 1990. But Judd, uh, this relates very much to the Gophers. It's getting real right now between Michigan State and Bradley. And the Michigan State, I think, is be- they're back up by three okay. with three minutes to go. But Bradley, the 15 seed, is going back and forth with Michigan State with three minutes to go. So of course, like the mo- I'm going to be pessimism guy here. The most Gophers thing ever would be if they got lucky and Bradley knocks off Michigan State, and then the Gophers get beat by a 15 seed in the second round. But but we have to. I think we have to hope for Bradley <laughs> wow. to win this game so that the Gophers. Believe, I can't believe you just brought that <laughs> to start the show. I'm just I'm just saying like oh. that would be the most Gophers thing ever. But they haven't been to the Sweet 16 unofficially since 1997, and so yep. if if a 15 seed could help clear the way, that would be awesome. That was a fun game. That was a fun game. And, and how, how about Gabe Kalsher? Gabe Kalsher. In fact, this goes back to what we discussed a couple of days ago on Tuesday. I told you guys on Tuesday uh, that when Patino did his press conference back home, the one thing he said is, I'm tired of the narrative that I don't get local guys. He said, yeah, I don't get the greatest, you know, the Trey Jones. But he said, I get local guys. And he pointed to uh, Coffee and Aturu and Kalsher. And Gabe Kalsher today, Gabe Kalsher was so good that after his 4-3, he was strumming an air guitar running down the court. <laughs> That's how good Gabe Kalsher was. So, so I was Pacino doing the same right. thing down the hallway, by the way, after that. <laughs> I saw him. I don't blame you. Glorious. But Gabe Kalsher, man, that, that was a fun game. Uh, it, it was not a full house here in Des Moines, but it was a lot of Gopher fans. And uh, that was... That was, as I said on the podcast I did with Ross and Manny, an incredibly well-coached game as far as being prepared for what to expect. And did you guys ever think that we would be talking today about the fact that the Gopher basketball team, this team in particular, rained down threes and shot 50% to win a first-round game? Yeah, how about that? That's uh, that's not usually the way they win games, right? I mean, no. they usually it's up in transition. Oh, they had some transition points today, too. But so Gabe Kalsher, he started the season, and this is who he was for the non-conference. This is who he was during some of those uh, non-conference tournaments, and and they racked up all those wins before January, and then he just kind of went cold for a while, and he, you know, I, it was impossible to keep up sixty percent from three-point range or whatever he was. 
But I don't know. I, I look at, put it this way, there were NBA players shouting him out on Twitter today watching that game. Because mm-hmm. it was the only, it was the first game for an hour, so the whole world is watching Gophers Louisville and watching Kalisher bomb threes in the first half. Do you think Patino knew that that was the only chance they had to beat Louisville, even though that's not necessarily their game? And you guys are talking about bombing from three point land like that, and he just said, "Hey, this is our only chance to do it. We got to ride or die with this with this game plan here." I think he knew that if the Gophers jumped out and and started to make shots, that the Cardinals would sort of go away, which they did a bit. There was there was an early first five minutes or so of that game where I felt that it was that that NCAA first round sort of younger team feeling out period where you miss a shot, I miss a shot, I start to hyperventilate, you get you know you're not at ease. And it always seems like the team that can break that can get off to a good start. But I thought the keys for today were coffee was huge. If coffee has a good game, this team is very competitive and can win. Murphy obviously shows up for every game. But I remember, if you guys recall, there was a point Phil and Rami early in today's game where Kelsher had a potential three-point shot. And he didn't shoot it. And I thought to myself, you know, if he gets hot, if he starts to shoot, that's going to change this. Because he's the one guy from three-point range who, if he gets hot, can consistently make them. And then I want to say, I don't know, one or two trips after that down the floor, he got he got a three and made it. And from there, things shifted. Uh, I don't know if this was an intentional thing, but I do think once Kalsher hit his first three that this whole team was, was like, yeah. okay, let's try it. And that definitely changed mm. the, the dynamic of that game. But they were shooting 50% at half, and I'm like, this is not going to keep up, and I was wrong. So here's – maybe we, you and I can kind of compare experiences here. So I was at their last NCAA tournament game where they got they were the five seed, and they were overseeded. They they probably shouldn't have been a five seed. And I think everyone was pretty shocked when the bracket came out and they were like, whoa, people were talking, are they eight, nine, are they seven? And they wound up with the five seed and they put the best 12 seed against the Gophers, middle Tennessee state. And the Gophers wound up being one point underdogs going into the game, according to most of the sports books. And, and, and I was in the arena for that game and I could just sense how tight the Gophers were. They had young players. I think coffee might've been a freshman then. And McBrayer was a sophomore, um, Nate Mason was about the only veteran on the team, and they just they felt so tight. They weren't pulling the trigger on shots. Uh, they weren't intentional with their ball movement. And today, Judd felt so different watching on TV anyways. It felt like these guys went in and said, we learned our, our lesson from two years ago, at least the ones that were still around, and we're going to let it fly. Like, we're going to shoot. We're going to drive. Uh, they were they weren't hesitant on offense. It felt like a much more confident, experienced, intentional team today. And yep. you got you got to give credit too to Richard Patino for yep. probably learning something from a couple years ago. So Patino on Tuesday also said something that I found intriguing. Somebody asked about the start of the game and if the Gophers were going to be uptight. And Patino said, for the most part, this team is incredibly flatlined. And I thought to myself, you know, that can be bad. But in a situation, in a situation like this, a game like this, it can be good too. Because I think the worst thing that you could have is a team that's incredibly intense, right? And they come into a game like this and let's say they miss five shots and they're like, oh my God, we can't make shots and they start to get down. But Patino said across the board, for the most part, this team is incredibly unfaced. And that's why I also thought for all that we talked about it, and I'm sure CBS did too in the build up to the game about Louisville and Minnesota, right? And it's Richard Patino against Rick's old team. Do you guys think the kids cared? I don't think for one second that there was a gopher player. And I'm not, I'm not saying that they don't care about their coach, but I don't think for one second that there was a gopher player saying it's Louisville. Oh my gosh. I think they, I think if they'd played Louisville or they had played Florida. You're in the NCAA tournament. It's a big deal. But the buildup to me was done by us. I don't think these players gave a damn about it. No, they came out and seemed very, very confident. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't sense any intimidation, any hesitation whatsoever there, Judd. And I mean, you got to give Richard Patino the credit for that, that he had his guys in the right mindset, especially after 
what Phil just talked about in in the last tournament experience that they had where Patino and a couple of these players were around and just didn't show up for that first round game. You got to think that not just Patino, but a lot of these guys learned from that and to not not let the the pressure of the tournament and not let a storied program like like Louisville intimidate you or 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 blind you from what actually is, which is just another basketball game that you got to win or you're going home. Joe, what was the... It, 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 I mean, this is such an advantage when you're a 10 seed and you get the luxury of having your first potentially two games in the NCAA tournament three and a half hours from your city. It yep. sounded on TV like there were a ton of Gopher fans. What was the environment like inside the arena? So it wasn't full, um, but there, there was a lot of Gopher fans. And and the neat thing was that as they started to hit the threes, it got, it got more tense, right? So... There was a there was a large contingent of fans uh, who drove down for sure. It wasn't like it was packed, but it was cool. And and again, I think that this is a team. And to your point, both of you about Patino, I think that this also, for as much as we have called for his job, and people have been like, "This got to be it. You can't take this." He's thirty six himself, right? So, so in his defense, you know, in 2017, when he made the tournament for the first time, he's what, 34 or so yeah. there? Yeah. So he doesn't know. And, and listen, I get it. His dad, his dad is a famous Hall of Fame coach. So he's been to big games. I'm not saying he hasn't been to, but I think there's a big leap of faith from saying you've been to big games as an assistant coach or talk to your dad about it. And, and you've actually coached a team and tried to, try to handle people. And so I think what we're seeing too here, if, if we're patient and we don't like to be, but if we are, I think we're seeing the evolution and growth of a coach as well. And he's just, he's always sort of gotten it, but I feel now that, that there is, is more of a confidence to him and an ability to identify with players as well. Yeah. That, that's evolving. And again, he is 36. He is still young. I am huge on reference points. Now, I don't think it's a, I don't think you can make a blanket statement and say that it's impossible if you've never had experience to be successful because we've seen young teams make runs before. We've seen young coaches do great things. Sean McVay doesn't have experience and he puts a headset on and coaches circles around some of the best coaches in the NFL. But, you know, there was an example. I'm sure you've just been grinding locker room and walking over to the studio, but there's been some really interesting games today in the NCAA tournament. By the way, Michigan State 67 to uh, 60 right now with like a minute to go. So it looks like Bradley's not going to win. Uh, but New Mexico State was it New Mexico State that took Auburn down to the wire today, Rami? Mm, New- y- yes, yeah, the Aggie. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I'm looking at it right now. Yep. And and you know there are and I maybe I'm making assumptions, but there's a dude at the end of that game who gets fouled and shoots three free throws with one second to go on the clock, down two, a chance to knock off a five seed if he just does what he probably does in practice on a regular basis, which is can some free throws. You could at least hit two out of three and tie the game. Right. But when I talk about reference points, and this is a player example, has he ever been on national TV, a New Mexico State player, has that dude ever been on national TV in an arena with ten to 20,000 people with your heart palpitating out of your chest probably, <laughs> right? And now you've got to calm yourself and find your form and make at least two out of three free throws to keep the game alive. Now, if you've been there before and you've felt that pressure before, you're more likely to make the free throws. So if you're Amir Coffey, if you're Dupree McBrayer, if you've been in that setting before two years ago, if you're Richard Patina, you've been in that setting before, the lights aren't as bright for you. And, and that's, that was just such a glaring aspect of today's win over Louisville to me. Yeah, and he was, and they, they came into with a really good game plan. And there's just a lot of things he's done that I like. And, and this is not a perfect team. But, but the fact that a team like this, which all year long has been up and down, certainly, and has games where they can't shoot straight, comes into a game like this, looks uptight for a brief period, but not long, and then gets set, and, and a kid like Kalsher has a, a huge game. And, you know, keep in mind, too, we're talking about a freshman here. So he's a kid. Uh, to show that type of poise, I just th- this to me, and I don't know if they're going to advance. They might not. They played. I mean, t- keep in mind too, they played five guys. But that being said, this to me was a game where you do have to give the head coach credit because this team looked incredibly well prepared. 
But zero what, points off the bench. What I channel's mean, True TV, by the way? Does I anyone no know what idea. channel True Every TV Every year I have to remind Every, myself what channel True <laughs> TV is. There's a close game on True TV. We need Every to find single it. year I have the same problem. It drives me absolutely crazy. But you know what? Every year I, I turn on True TV to watch the NCAA tournament, and then I see previews, and I'm like, you know, that show looks kind of good. Maybe I'll check it out. That's the hilarious part about their preview. And I never come back <laughs> yeah. to it. I never come back to it. I don't know what it is about True TV. I just don't watch it. Well, they run they run genius promos. Well, genius promos that don't actually make us want to tune into True TV, but their promos are like, hey, everybody, we know this is the one time a year that you're going to watch True TV. <laughs> Do you know what the worst is, boys? What? The, wor- the worst is, is that is it Operation ID channel. That's the one that my wife won't stop watching, and it drives me crazy, because basically the continuing shows are, th- this is how I killed my husband. <laughs> I want to kill my husband. If you're trying to kill your husband, I keep saying, what are you watching this for? But yeah, True TV, every year I've got the same problem as Phil there. I sit there, and I'm like... All right, I'm going to actually have to say True TV into my remote control to find the thing. That's what's the, that's the best part about new remote control. So wait, is uh, is she taking notes while she watches these shows? Or she just, watches this channel all the time, and it makes me very leery. I'm saving this audio just in case anything happens for yeah. you, Judd. <laughs> you should. Sure? Oh, I've told her. I've told her before. I've told her before. There'll be nobody. If I end up in some swamp floating around, decaying, there's going to be no doubt. Who killed me? <laughs> this is clearly. Uh, Belmont is up one right now. 11 seed Belmont over the schizophrenic Maryland. Six seed Maryland. 67 <laughs> 66 with five minutes to go in the second half. What else we got here? Uh, Kansas is beating, is it Northeastern? Let's by see. 12 I'll at the half. The scoreboard. Murray, we got another 12 over a five here. Murray State over Marquette right now, halfway through the first quarter, 20 to 15. I love this, man. Inject this into my veins right here. The next 48 hours, man. Uh, Did you mention Murray State and Marquette? Yes. Okay, 18-10. Yeah, Northeastern leads uh, Trails Kansas right now. 37 to 25 and you yes. talked about I told you guys I told you guys this is the one thing a year where you know I'll watch outside the Gophers I have probably watched zero full college hoops games this year and now I'm all in for this weekend I'm all in yeah this is beautiful oh it's so much fun yeah I said that they should have had a Judd cam during our watch along today like we should have had us here in the studio and then split screen just a camera fixed on Judd at the actual game in Des Moines, Iowa. Just sitting there. Just sitting there. No, I couldn't find coffee though. Rami, what? I couldn't find I I was in, in an upstairs press box, which is absolutely fine. I'm not complaining. It was a really good view. But the only problem was I couldn't find coffee. How is there no coffee in the press box? That's what there was coffee downstairs. I know, but and, and there, there was coffee all the way downstairs, but I didn't want to keep going back and forth. And so I asked the people, I'm like, is there coffee here? And they're like, we'll try and get some. They never got some. A whole day without coffee, Rami. The NCAA overlooked coffee inside the media rooms. That's I would have left. I would have left. I, I know you would have. I would have abandoned all duties and gone to find a cup of coffee. Or maybe it was just too much coffee on the court today. Right. Oh boy, another day of this, huh? Oh, We're right. still doing this. Hi-oh. Is this just gonna? Is this just gonna? <laughs> is this just gonna move really around? Like- is is this like a disease or the flu? He it just goes did a jump college. shot motion and said, hey yo. He, I, I didn't even go that far yesterday. He actually just did a jump shot motion, okay. hung his hand in the air, I now see, right. and said, hey yo. Hey, Jonathan. I now see why you made that bracket, Mackie. <laughs> I now see why you got hey, on Jonathan. that bracket. Yes, Judd. Patient zero is collar. This is where this starts. Everyone else, put a suit on. Thank God there's this pane of glass, double pane of glass in between me and the studio that apparently infects everybody with terrible puns. This is like that Dustin Hoffman film, was it Outbreak or something? Yes. Patient zero is Matthew Collar, and now Rami's got it, and now Phil. Thank God I'm in Iowa. I never thought I'd say that in John, my I'd life. be careful coming back tomorrow because that mic that Rami's sitting at is the one you usually sit at, so it might be a little infected. <laughs> that's not a problem, though. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're not in the studio. I'll be Allianz, yeah. Yes. I will yeah, not be yeah, there. Tomorrow, we're, uh, uh, you're, we're, where'd you go, Phil? You're a man on the run, Des Moines, today. And if you're just joining us, welcome to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Judd in Des Moines, straight out of the post game for that Gophers win over Louisville. And you can go go back, and, and it, it was fun following Judd's blog on scorenorth.com and all the social media stuff you guys were doing. We sent you and Seth down. And so if you're not already following Score North on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Uh, do so today. So let's go down this path that you brought up a few minutes ago, Judd. The Richard Patino narrative, because 
I think we should explore a different one here. Mackie and Judd with Rami from the TCL Studios. Let's talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company real quick, uh, reminding you to drive safe. Now, staying rested and alert is the best way to ensure that fatigue doesn't become an issue behind the wheel. I can tell you at the end of that Gophers game today, nobody was fatigued. Those guys were uh, Energizer bunnies, so they might not have this problem. But drowsy driving is a real problem across America. The National Highway Transportation Safety Administration uh, has some very interesting data. 90,000 crashes involved drowsy drivers in 2015, and drowsy driving accidents most frequently happen between midnight and 6 a.m. Now, many crashes in which fatigue is a factor involve a single driver with no passengers. They happen on rural roads or highways. So when you're alert and well-rested, you're doing your part to help everybody make it home safe, and you're doing your part to make sure that you're safe. So get adequate sleep, be self-aware, avoid drinking any alcohol before you start rolling, Federated Insurance. It's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Judd with Rami dissecting a gopher win in the NCAA tournament. Thank you, Jonathan. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Mackie and Rami in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Judd, live from ESPN Des Moines in Des Moines, Iowa, the site of today's NCAA tournament game. And we're going to get back to the Gophers and Richard Patino in just one second. But you know what that music means. It means we have breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Marcus Sherrills is leaving the Vikings after nine seasons. Chris Thomason reporting in the Pioneer Press. A source said Thursday the free agent cornerback and return specialist will sign a one-year deal with the New Orleans Saints. Terms are not immediately available on Sherrills, who made $1.4 million last season with the Vikings. Man, so there was this Eagles to Vikings pipeline for a while there. Yeah. Where, like Eagles players would just go and be Vikings, and now there's a Vikings to Vikings Saints to pipeline Saints. happening yeah. here, Judd. What's going on? Marcus Sherrill's, of all people? I thought he would never leave. I guess we always forget that he's he's a free agent pretty much every year, right? We, just, <laughs> we always predicted he'd be cut, right, Phil? Like every year, For eight it, years, it'd be yeah. like, this is the year Marcus Sherrill's gets cut. And then I think by last year, we finally w- were like, okay, he's so good on punt returns, he won't be cut. And now he's going and joining the Saints? There's a wow. Teddy Bridgewater gravitational pull happening here. I think they just they all like being teammates <laughs> with Teddy Bridgewater. You might not be kidding, actually. There might be something to that. Who knows? <laughs> well, maybe the Vikings can get Teddy back. That's my theory after uh, after uh, Kirk Cousins wears out of welcome. But I have a list here. You brought up Judd's down in Des Moines, uh, and, and you've been all over the Gophers' win over Louisville today, scorenorth.com. And there are 353 men's college basketball programs in Division One here, that's and that's all of the different conferences, like the Southland Conference, and it's everything from the ACC to the uh, Southwestern Athletic Conference. So there's just a, a ton of coaches. And according to an article from HeroSports.com, now this is a little bit out of date. This is from the 2017-18 season. Richard Pitino, after last year, was still the 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. He was the 14th youngest coach in Division One men's basketball out of 353. Mm-hmm. And I just think the narrative has been he's on the hot seat, he's got to do something, and he's been here for five years, his sixth year, and he's got to show something, and it's like we're, we're in a hurry for him to, you got to prove it now or, or on to the next, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And... When you start to stack up, especially the last three years, two NCAA tournament appearances in the last three years, an NCAA tournament win, wins over programs like Louisville, a win over Wisconsin, a win over Purdue. I mean, he's racking up some wins, some non-conference wins as well. He's bringing in better players than is probably publicized. He misses out on the Trey Youngs of the world, and people savage him. It's like, yeah, but watch that game today. Daniel Oturu was fantastic. Gabe Kalsher was the star of that game. He brought in Amir Coffee, Mr. Basketball Minnesota. So I think the narrative I want to explore with you guys, and you tell me if I've got my maroon and gold colored glasses on here too aggressively, but is the should the narrative be this guy's only 36 years old, he's building something, he is bringing in good players. Is he bringing in all of the best players? No, but this is also a program that's only been to the NCAA tournament 14 times in school history. Why aren't we talking about Richard Pitino as a guy who's young and who's growing into his own as a coach and who's doing some good things and building this thing in the right direction? Rami, you want to go fight ahead? me? <laughs> I don't Rami, disagree with do anything. I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. 
But, and this kind of goes back to the conversation that we had yesterday, and we sort of brought this up jokingly on the watch-along today while the, the Minnesota game was going on. Again, I agree with you. He's very young. This program has taken steps underneath Richard Pitino, and no program is just turned into something special or even a regular contender for the tournament overnight. So it's a process, and Richard Pitino has a moving in the right direction and has consistently had a moving in the right direction. But does anybody here believe that there isn't a certain point in that direction that they're moving where he crosses a line and a bigger, better job comes a calling, and then you're right back to square one. But I don't think you would be back to square one. Let's say this keeps progressing forward, and all right, they have found something two of the last three years. Kalsher's going to get better. Uturu's going to get better. Coffee comes back, and they and they make another push for it next year. They go. Let's say it's kind of similar. They go to the NCAA tournament. Maybe they finish with a better conference record. And hell, maybe maybe they get to a Sweet 16 next year, and that's what propels Richard Pitino to take another job. Okay, let's right. explore that path. Right, because I'm, he not only is he building something here, and I, and I think is probably most people who know college basketball and are doing the hiring of college around college basketball, they notice a guy like Richard Pitino doing what he's doing. You take that and throw the Pitino name on top of it. Sure, to me, if he's successful. It's literally only a matter of years before somebody else comes to call him for Richard but Pitino. I'm okay with that for now because if he's good enough, if he gets this program to a point where they go to a Sweet 16 and this program is hot, hot enough for him to be uh, jumping to a better job, I'm okay with that because now the now the profile of the program with the new uh, athletic village and with multiple NCAA tournament appearances is a much more appealing place for the next coach. Now keep in mind, when they fired Tubby Smith, even though they had won an NCAA tournament game, the perception was, whoa, okay, pump the brakes, Minnesota. You think you're better than Tubby Smith? And you think you're better than winning an NCAA tournament game? Like, you're a, you're a win an NCAA tournament game type of a program. Mm-hmm. Be happy with it. And so they got turned down by Shaka Smart and a bunch of other coaches, and they had to go down their list just to get to... Richard Pitino had one year of head coaching experience when they landed him, and he's been able to grow into this thing. That's another thing that's sort of forgotten, that, yeah, he was an assistant for a long time, but it it takes a guy a minute when he jumps into the Big Ten with one year of head coaching experience, and now you're seeing him. Today is the first time I thought, yep, okay... He really does belong in that setting in an NCAA tournament game against a big program like Louisville, and uh, and they outclassed Louisville today. They just flat out outclassed them. He and I and that's I, I want to explore that narrative. I guess is what I'm saying to you guys. Yeah, I, I guess to start with Rami's point first. If he leaves, he leaves. But I mean, keep in mind too, it's going to have to be for a really good job. So it's not like it's not like he's going to get a decent offer and leave. So let's just sort of stop at what Phil's talking about. And and I think this just comes down to patience. And I think this comes down to, you know, be, because of the inferiority complex that we have in our state too. I think there is this perception, and this was true with Jerry Kill. It's true with Patino. Is is you have these ads, and in the case of Patino, Teague. Went out and as Phil said, he's like, I'm going to get Shaka Smart. And then he doesn't get him. And we think that Teague called like five people first, right? Yeah. And he got to Patino and then he's like, Oh my God, I got to call somebody. And, and Patino said yes. Uh, but I think that is also unfairly a strike against, uh, Richard because then we say to ourselves, he was number six on the list and he's going to fail. And so, Whenever he doesn't have success, we basically see that as a, uh, a self-fulfilling prophecy. But I just think, really, when it comes to this school and and when it comes to the teams, and I'm I am not saying that we should accept a lack of success, but there also has to be a trade-off of patience at some point as well, because these programs, when you look at men's basketball or football, have not been super successful and as much as we want to look at wisconsin and be like why can't we be like them the truth is they long ago pulled away and started to have success that we don't have there and and so to go back to my point from before patino is 36 he got the job at 30 so the best play in my mind is to be as patient as possible and say can he grow and if you say no he can't then that's fine but there's nothing about this guy's personality or what he does coaching-wise where I say it's a failure. And if you really are obsessed with, but look at all the look at all the upper tier talent that leaves. If you're talking about that top percentile, guess what? 
I don't care who the coach is at this program. It's going to be tough. You could bring in the best coach in the world to coach that program, and there are still going to be that top percentile of kids who are outstanding who are going to say, Coach, I really appreciate it, but guess what? I'm going to Kentucky. I'm going to Duke. Yeah. John, uh, I don't know way. if you have a TV in the uh, ESPN Des Moines studios, but I don't. Coming down to it between Maryland and Belmont. Belmont just hit a three to pull within 78 to 77 and under a minute left in that game. Bananas. Bananas. Or is it onions? <laughs> I don't know onions. Maryland. I don't know Maryland belongs, so I'm not going to be too sorry if they get knocked yeah, out. Yeah, Maryland is a weird team, man. Maryland Maryland Maryland's one of the rangiest teams. Like they could almost beat anybody, but then they they definitely have games like this too. Uh yeah, there's fifty seconds to go. Maryland's up by one and Belmont trying to play defense. Yeah, Belmont definitely looks like one of those like they look like a 16 seed when you just look at their players in their uniform. They're an 11 seed. But all the top programs, you know, Maryland, the rich programs, the, they bring in millions and millions in revenue. They all have they got the sharp uniforms. Sharp uniforms, yeah. the leggings. Although um, Maryland drives me crazy. All all the different looks, especially in football, I absolutely hate them. I kind of like them. Too oh, really? Too many different looks. You're more of a Penn State uniform guy? Well, I don't know. I just want something. The problem with, with the Terps is they've got a couple of jerseys, especially in football, that look like they puked on the jersey and, and then are playing in that. I just don't like the look. All I think right, it's Judd. too much for me. Here we go. Uh, oh, my. For the last Three shot, seconds, and they turn it gonna, over. They turned it what? over, and Maryland called timeout. So Maryland's up by one. You can still foul. You're fine. You get a half, half court. You're not fine. You get a half court. You get a half court up for two and a half seconds. What I'm happened there, by the way? If you're right Belmont, now. there's not, you, you <laughs> can't. have two different narratives. What's going on? It's not fine. You you had you were they were playing for the last shot and tried to throw a pass into the lane. It was a bad pass and was just intercepted. That's not fine. You're right. It's not fine. It's, it's not, not fine. fine at all. They'll, 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 get, they'll, get, they'll get the ball back. They'll, 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 they'll like Phil did something wrong. <laughs> fine? There's nothing fine about this. We're breaking up. Uh, hey, <laughs> we're done. Uh, while we, uh, well, let's let's yeah, not let's let's not go to break yet because I want to see this happen. If Belmont gets a rebound and like hits a three quarters court shot, I want it to happen while we're watching it here. What's your? Uh, do you have TVs? Yeah. Are you just? Are you blind right now in your studio in Des Moines? I'm blind. I, I'm online, so I can score watch on ESPN.com, and I also uh, just posted a, a column that I wrote on Gabe Kalsher. Really? People can find at uh, scorenorth.com. Yes. We couldn't find a TCL TV somewhere around here for Judd to take with him. <laughs> you know what? The people here at ESPN Des Moines have been extremely nice. Everything is said. I am not going to go. Oh, no, no, no. This isn't a knock on ESPN Des Moines. I'm just saying every time I turn around, there's another TCL TV hanging on a wall here. I figured we might just have one laying around for you to take with you. They are multiplying. They it's are. Pretty incri- it's They're pretty like incredible. It's like It's crazy. <laughs> Something like that, yes. <laughs> I just got really uncomfortable with that, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, now okay, now Murray State is up six points on Marquette with four minutes to go. So that's a that's a twelve five situation. And and it is official. Michigan State did not uh lose to a fifteen seed like they did four years ago, but they tried really hard today. So I can't figure that out if Michigan State's coming in off their game or if it was just a hiccup and now they're gonna destroy the gophers on Saturday. They're weird too because they're definitely missing some guys. Who's their uh, star player who's out? Is it Langford who's out? Yeah. They're missing a big player, but yet in the Big Ten tournament, they looked uh, absolutely fantastic. Oh, did speaking of missing a big-time player, uh, yeah. did you see the video of Isaiah Washington in pregames today? Any of you guys? No. I didn't. Oh, my God. He's First of all, he's transferring really based on this video. Well, he, he can't pull. They won't play him. I know. He won't he, play him. I know. Yeah, so. So they come out. Someone took the video of kind of by, I think, kind of by where you were sitting from the angle I could tell. Before the game, they come walking out on the court for shoot around. Yep. And, you know, they got the, the racks of basketballs and they throw basketballs to all the guys. And they're all hyped up because it's the NCAA tournament. And Washington just moseys over as slow as you can. One of the ball boys bounce passes him a ball. He grabs it, dribbles once, and then just like rolls it back to the rack and stands off by himself on the oh, other. No. Just like wow. sad music playing in the background. I'm trying to find the video right now. I'm not seeing yeah. it. Oh, no. Really? Our guy Ross Brendel retweeted earlier well, today. Phil, you can find it. Think about this. They played three guys off the bench who combined took zero shots. They're not exactly in great shape at point guard. Oh, no. And, and this kid, and this kid doesn't play unless they it seems like are up or down by 20 or more 
Yeah, I mean, it's it, if and against Michigan State, if one of their big guys gets two fouls in the first ten minutes, they're pretty much screwed, right? Like you can't. All right, here it is, Belmont. I want this to happen. Half court right. shot, and that's not even going to get close. Is it? close. <laughs> Dang it! I wanted something Damn. to happen there. Um, have we you, had a big upset yet today? I don't think we have. Um, just the Gophers as a double digit seed over Louisville today, a little ten seed. That's about the biggest upset we've seen. Not really, yeah. If you want to chime in, if you have thoughts on the Richard Patino narrative, am I being too optimistic or uh, or are you in agreement? 651-646-8255. Should the narrative be this guy's in his mid-30s, he's growing into the job, they've made some major progress the last three years if you throw out the one clunker year. 651-646-8255. Oh, I just saw the video. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that guy's gone. Yeah. <laughs> How bad is it? Not a guy who wants to be here. Yeah, describe it again since you're watching. So the they they run out onto the court for prac for you know pregame shoot around, and one of the ball boys he grabs a ball and passes it to Isaiah Washington. Little bounce pass. He grabs it and just between his legs throws it back to the ball boy and walks away. <laughs> totally, totally disinterested in wow. any shoot around or anything having to do with this basketball game. Just walks right out of frame. Where's he going? Like where's like he in the go video? Play? I don't know. No, he walked no, out no, of frame. No, no, no. His transfer. I'm curious. I mean, because he was he was a huge deal when he got here, and now it's just like, who's going to want him? Yeah. Well, I'm sure he'll go to some directional school in the Southland yeah. Conference and score 20 points a game with <laughs> finger rolls. But, uh, yeah. But we we'll we'll take your calls. We'll take your feedback on Twitch.tv/scorenorth. Mackie and Jeb with Rami with Judd down in Des Moines after this Gophers win. Full coverage. At scorenorth.com. Um, let's talk about the best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities. It's Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Uh, there are all kinds of great 2019 models on the lot right now. The RAV4 is one of the best and most durable SUVs in the world. And it has all kinds of great safety features. Everything from reverse cam to uh, sensory technology. And an Entune system, which is an 8-inch flat screen in your middle console, a touchscreen that allows you access to different applications and uh, Bluetooth connectivity to your phone as well. Uh, go check it out. I mean, it's, it's also the RAV4 is a combination between uh, it's it's spacious, but it sort of handles and drives like a Camry or a Corolla. So you get that combination. And then you get the best service department in the Twin Cities to take care of it. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard, Luther Brookdale Toyota, Mackie and Judd with Rami. Hey everyone, it's Matthew Collar. You can find my new show, Score North Live, every day from 2 to 4 p.m. on the all-new Score North on 1500 and on demand at scorenorth.com. In addition to Vikings Talk, we break down the most important and pressing subjects like the responses to Kirk Cousins' tweets. I would like that. And which Fast and the Furious movie is the best. Those types of things. Yeah. It's Score North Live with me, Matthew Collar, available on scorenorth.com and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Judd, did you have a chance to uh, to sit on a Richard Pitino's press conference? What was he like after the game? I uh, I did, and he was uh, himself, basically. I mean, he doesn't really change that much. He's not really, uh, uh, I mean, if he loses, he seems a little bit more, um, despondent is probably too strong, but, you know, a little bit more upset. But he doesn't really change much. The best part, though, was was when somebody asked Kelsher and said, so you made that 4-3, and I saw you backpedaling and playing air guitar. And, and Patino, <laughs> Patino, who's not supposed to talk, like they, it's it's the student athletes take questions, and then they get done, and the coach who sits there then takes questions. Patino looks, he goes, you didn't really. <laughs> <laughs> and Kelsher's like, yeah, you know, and Kelsher starts talking about it. And then P- Patino's like, you know what? If you make threes, you can do whatever you want. But it was just funny because it, it was just a typical Patino wiseacre type of, oh, his, and his comment was, you didn't. Act like you've been there before. It, it was funny. It was I good. mean, he's he's got personality, man. I'm oh, just yeah. going through some of our Twitch comments here. Posing that question, and uh, if you want to chime in, six five one six four six eight two five five. If uh, if we could flip the narrative here, if you could if you could just follow me on Richard Pitino, not as a guy who should be on the hot seat, but as a guy who has from age thirty one to thirty six now has grown into his own, just pulled off an NCAA tournament win over Louisville, and I know it's not a two seed Louisville, but it's a good program, and it's a program with a lot of heritage and. 
they've now gone to the NCAA tournament twice in three years. Uh, Ridley chimes in. I'm a huge Gophers fan. Love the success today. I think this is on twitch.tv slash score north. I think Patina deserves praise, but what I can't overlook are all the games in his tenure that should have really been cupcake wins that turned out to be embarrassing losses. Those losses, to me, fall on the coach, who seems to not be able to get his team in mental shape to win those games, so I can't quite give him a lifetime contract just yet. And Rami, I would say to that, I, I'm not one to crit- and judge different than me in this regard. I'm not one to be super nitpicky about the gap between perfection and what my expectations are. Like, I don't expect perfection. I don't expect the Gophers to beat every cupcake and to never lose a bad game. Like, they're not Duke. They're going to lose once in a while to a Penn State or to a Northwestern. They're just, they're not going to go 25 and four in the regular season. So, you're not, but I think that when you're, when you're a program like Minnesota, it's, it's that much more important to win those games that you should win because the margin of error, because of what you know your record is going to be when all is said and done. You're not going to go on a run like Duke or Kentucky who loses, you know, three, four, a handful of games over the course of a whole season. That's not going to be the case when you're Minnesota, and you're going to lose a lot of the games that, on paper, you probably should lose. So it's that much more important and imperative that you win those games that you're expected to win, that on paper it looks like you absolutely should win. Because, I mean, we were sitting here a month and a half, two months ago, wondering if this team was even going to be in the tournament. They were on everybody's bubble watch list. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when you when you lose games that you should win, not only is that just one in the win column that you should have had that you now don't, but then when the committee assembles, they look at it and that's that's a bad loss. You know, you have good wins and bad wins, you have good losses and bad losses. When you lose to a team that you should beat, that's a bad loss that the committee does does not look very kindly on and and could cost you in the end. Mm-hmm. So I'd say the the first thing to say about this year's Gopher team was this. It would have been nice to see consistency more often. The the Illinois loss there was embarrassing, and I get that. Um, But I think to Phil's point, the overall question has to come back to what do you want and what do you expect consistently from this program and this team? And if it's keep Trey Young here, do the you know win Big Ten titles. Okay, that's fine. And the, then this goes back to the question I've been asking for weeks now. How how do you propose that you're going to get the coach to do that? And if you could give me the answer, awesome. I'll go there. But um there were there was definitely spurts this year where this team caused you to scratch your head because there were home games where I saw and went to games and they looked absolutely fantastic and then they would turn around and be terrible. And, and that is frustrating to watch. But if you are going to stop that from happening, and if you're going to keep the good players, and you're going to turn this program into a perennial NCAA contender that's in the tournament year after year after year, I want to know how you're going to get there. Right. And, 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 and I would say, especially in today's media climate, where it's just, it's everything is available and it's, and we can deliver our takes on social media and it's easy to overreact to small things. If you look at, like, we brought up the Clem Haskins example. When you're trying to take something that isn't very good and bring it to prominence, it's not just a straight line from point A to point Z. And it's not just a smooth ride up the mountain in which, oh, you take one step and then another step and then another step and then there's never any steps backwards. And I think what we're seeing the last few years is because I, I think Richard Pitino is a very good college basketball coach. Do I think he's going to be on the level of Rick Pitino or Mike Shashevsky? I mean, probably not. And 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 we'll we'll see over the next twenty years. But I think he's a really good coach. And I think where, where people are getting lost a little bit is they take a step forward and then they take a step back and then they might take two steps forward, take a step back, and people get mad at the step back. And and I look at it and say, well, it's kind of part of the process. Like, is he, you're going to take over a program for six years, and are you supposed to go incrementally step forward, step forward, step forward, step forward for six years, or it's a failure? Or can we let a guy go two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back over the course of those six years and call it a success? That's, that's my question. I think if you look at it with perspective and objectivity, then, yeah, you can, you can accept that. And especially if you really understand what Richard Patino is is trying to do here and what it takes to do what Richard Patino is trying to do here and everything that you're laying out yeah i think if you have perspective you should be be willing to and able to and okay with taking a step back every now and then but i mean 
we had a whole discussion yesterday about why Minnesota sports fans don't necessarily have perspective all the time. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to, you know, what I'm I trying mean? to bring us <laughs> right. some perspective and you're, some optimism. You're, you're here. The, okay. Wait, you're the same guy that said that if Michigan State lost its game, the Gophers <laughs> oh. were going to go at the outside of this show and lose to a 15 seed potentially on Saturday because that would be the most Minnesota thing possible. That is fake news. That's Jonathan Harrison <laughs> inserted my voice incorrectly into the first segment. Um, hey, did you see Bill Murray inside the arena? Yeah, I was just about to ask you guys. Why, why? His, his son is an assistant coach, apparently, on oh, Louisville. Oh, okay. Because well, well, he hasn't he been there for Butler the last few years in the tournament? Who's the college no, basketball team? That Xavier, built? right? Xavier, it, yeah, it, that's it's right. The co- it's the coach who was, who's now uh, the Cardinals coach, if yeah, Chris, I'm yeah. not mistaken yeah, here, yeah, right? Chris Mack. He was the Xavier coach, and Murray's kid was an assistant on that staff. But, okay. yeah, Bill, Bill oh, was three okay. rows back of the... Uh, Louisville bench standing up and cheering, and uh, yeah, it was pretty cool, actually. A lot of gopher jokes because of Caddyshack and the gopher. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he enjoys those. I'm sure he he loves when, you know, college kids who have seen Caddyshack run down and try and talk to him. (laughs) I'm sure that Bill Murray's absolutely (laughs) thrilled by that. He's an old man now. There's apparently a documentary. Phil, you might have told me about this on Netflix about all the the parties and and wedding, and uh, what, wedding, like a. he crashes everything. He crashes weddings and parties and yep. receptions. Like, and Bill Murray is just—he just—he's just there. He shows up, and all of a sudden, he's the life of the party. It's called. I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, Google this real quick. I haven't watched it yet. So it's amazing. It's called the Bill Murray Stories. Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix. It came out in 2018, and it's basically it's it's almost two hours long. And the guy who put it together. Initially, he, he, the plan was to get Bill Murray to tell stories and sort of just, he wanted to know more about Bill Murray. Like, right. What's the deal with all these stories? And, right. And he got a hold of Bill Murray's voicemail of, of he's got an answering machine. Yeah. It's <laughs> like a 1 800 number. If you yes. want to get a hold of Bill Murray and you want to pitch a movie yeah, idea, he's like impossible to get a hold of. Yeah. You can't just like fire a text off to Bill Murray. Right. You have to leave a message on his answering machine and then he may or may not get back to you. Right. And so this guy left a million messages over the course of however many months while he filmed the documentary. And in the meantime, trying to gather material for the documentary, he tracked down people who had Bill Murray stories of crashing their wedding or just... So the whole thing is people telling stories and then looping in their phone footage of Murray at a frat party or Murray at a bar. That's amazing. It's incredible. Frat or, parties, huh? Or Murray in Des Moines. Like, like Judd, Judd, Bill Murray is probably at a bar in Des Moines tonight. So This is a good idea, actually. Yeah, I think you should track down Bill Murray. <laughs> so I think wait, that's... So- that's so probably more Bill, important than covering the Gophers. Go find Bill Murray. <laughs> yes. So, so if Bill goes to a town, does he like look at the what the uh, weddings are going to be? No, how, I think he. How just, does he find these? Well, things? because I'm sure he spends a lot of time in hotels, and a lot of wedding receptions take place okay. in, in hotel convention centers or, just, or their halls. Sure. You know what I mean? So, Bill Murray is probably just living his life and going about his day, and he sees a wedding going on, and hey, that looks like it'd be fun. I've told you, just you guys- walk in. I've told you guys before, I th- my favorite film of the 90s, Rushmore. That's a great movie. I Rushmore, love that movie. I've never, never seen Rushmore. You know it's what I fantastic. hear? What I hear is a great movie, um, and I haven't seen it yet. It's actually Aaron Rodgers' favorite movie, and it's yeah. another Wes Anderson film starring Bill Murray. Is uh, The Life Aquatic. The Life Aquatic? Yeah. I, that did not get good reviews. I watched part of it, and I got sort of bored by it. That's interesting. Really? What's yeah. It, what's but- it about? I don't even know what it's about. I think it's about, I think, now don't quote me on this, I think it's about like a, a Jacques Cousteau type of dude character. That like sounds a, right, yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know, uh, Ocean Explorer, I guess. Phil, see Rushmore. Uh, Rushmore yeah, you is should definitely absolutely see fantastic. Rushmore. That it's was amazing. very weird. It's very weird, but it's really good. I have a, uh, a secondhand Bill Murray story. It's not him crashing a party or, or walking into a wedding reception or anything like that, but a friend of my brother's. Went to a Cubs game, and he's walking out of Wrigley Field, and I don't know if you get. I'm sure you guys have attended a game at Wrigley yeah. Field, right? It's a madhouse. Like the streets around Wrigley yeah. are just—it's just people pouring out of Wrigley, and it's back to back. Like you cannot move. It's almost impossible to cross the street. So my brother's friend is crossing the street, and somebody bumps into the back of him, and he had had a few drinks, so he stumbles, he falls forward. He turns around to say something to this guy who knocked him over, and he's looking at Bill Murray. <laughs> and Bill Murray looks down at him and says, No one will ever believe you. And walks away. <laughs> <laughs> 
So wait, so Bill Murray did, Bur- did Bill Murray push him down? I think it was just you know it's 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 a mass of humanity. I think yeah. Bill Murray just bumped into him and he was he had he had been drinking, so he was his balance was probably wow. not great. Bill Murray bumped into him, he falls over. Yeah. Turns around, he's on the ground, he's looking up at Bill Murray, and Bill Murray looks down at him and says, "No one will ever believe you." Jonathan, can you just can you do a Google search for uh, the Bill Murray stories trailer? I haven't heard it, so this is kind of a, just a live. Can we just click play on it? Because because that's what you just said. That line, they'll never believe you. Yeah, that was a theme throughout this. That's a thing oh, that really? he says to people. Really? Yeah, where he'll go in and he'll party was like there, there's there's so many stories. One of them. He's sitting alone at a bar, and there's a guy down to the right. Uh, well, actually, it's, it was it was told through the perspective of the random other guy at the bar, and then he and down to his right there was another random guy at the bar, and the guy says, "Hey, can we get this game on TV?" And he's like, "That sounded like Bill Murray." He looks over, and it's Bill Murray, and and they wind up just talking to each other at the bar for I don't know two or three hours and hang out and drink together, and people kept coming over, and Bill was like, "No, this is my buddy. We're having a conversation." Every time Bill comes back to that city, he sends a text message to the random dude he met in the bar. And, like they get drinks together. All right, All right so I haven't I haven't been able to listen to it yet. So just bear with me. Okay. Oh, because there might be. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Did y'all just pick him up? It's Bill Murray. Yeah. Oh, you are kidding. There's always that one person who you want to meet, and you'd be like, this is never going to happen. And then this guy shows up at your door. I'm bartending outside on the patio, and I get a text message. We're just about to sit down for dinner. Knock on the door. I'm a wedding photographer, and I get ready to photograph. And as I look through the lens, I see this guy. We were having a house party, and I run inside, close the door. I was like, shh, you're not going to believe it. Bill Murray's here. The whole Hello, thing. my name is Tommy Avalone. I'm a documentary film director, and I wanted to do a story with you. Uh, I'm not good at this. Yeah, I mean the whole. I mean, it's probably better for for visual, but right, like it's just people. It's the whole thing is like phone cameras and That's stuff. That's amazing story. So, so Judd, maybe uh, maybe guys, maybe sneak out to for, for one, find one cocktail in, in Des Moines before you and Seth. I'm dead serious. Up. If I was Judd, my mission tonight, I would just be going from bar to bar. And I would be looking. I I'd be looking. Back. I would be looking for Bill Murray type bars. You know what? I'm sure he has a type of bar. I would watch this documentary, yeah. see what kind of bar Bill Murray frequents, and I would just be bouncing from bar to bar, hoping to run Rami, into Bill Murray. It's Des Moines. There are only X amount of bars. Here. <laughs> That's true. It's an easy I'm not in Manhattan, That's true. Rami. That where be I'm easy. like, should I go to the Irish pub or the dive bar? What's the nicest or? hotel in town? Um, <laughs> probably a Marriott. Okay, go to the Marriott bar and see if Bill... That's that's where you start. You start at the Marriott bar and see if Bill Murray is there. Use Which your investigative journalism. I, I've got to come back, though, guys. If I didn't have to come back, this sounds like a great idea, but I'm supposed to come back tonight. Listen, so if you find Bill Murray, Seth I think we'll find mad. a way to get your hotel for the, ne- for the second night. <laughs> okay, if I can talk to Bill. I'll say I did, even if I didn't, that he blew me off. Yeah. Um, so at at some point here, we got to get maybe let, let's come let's do it when we come back. You want to, well, go real ahead. quick. Declan just tweeted in from our our staff here. He said, "When I interned at the Saint Paul Saints, he apparently goes up to interns, covers their eyes, and says, guess who? It doesn't matter because you'll never believe me,' and walks away." <laughs> That's amazing. This guy is a folk hero. He's a legend. Oh, He's a absolutely. myth. Absolutely. They'll never believe you. Um, the most annoying Minnesota sports media personalities. There's a bracket out. Should we do this when we come back, gentlemen? I'm a little Heck hurt. Yeah. My feelings are a little hurt. But yeah, we can talk about you it. Gotta, You're hey, new. Life You're goals, new. man. Give Life it time. Goals. <laughs> Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North. Judd in Des Moines.